Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. And we got a game up here on the horizon. I and mean, it's a little early to start previewing, but this is crucial, crucial, crucial to the division. Both the Ohio teams are playing each other this weekend, and Baltimore and Steelers are obviously doing battle here. Folks, it's all going down at the FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino, where you can get in on all the action this football season. Bet on your teams with a sportsbook rep or at our self-service kiosks, and then jump into the stadium on our giant 40-foot video wall. How's that for a touchdown? Join your friends at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Bet, watch, and win. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Utterly crucial to the faint hope that the Steelers get in the playoffs, but they play this team twice. I know you guys are familiar with the Ravens, but we need to be ultra-familiar with this team. So, I have some general things that we usually go over, um, and then I'll I'll tell you what we'll do in the end here when we get to it, but here we go. Um, Within the division, the Ravens are 2-0, Steelers are 1-2. For the season, Baltimore is plus 49 in their point differential, while the Steelers are still at minus 64. However, since the bye week, the Steelers have outscored their four opponents by 13 points, so They are at a huge hole in terms of point differential, and sometimes I don't even feel like I should cite it because it's so long ago, but it is noteworthy. Uh, But I do like to preface that with what they've done lately, it being plus 13 over their last four. Um, Baltimore won by one point last week and lost by one one point the week before against not-so-great teams, Denver and Jacksonville. Uh, The Ravens have won five of their last six games, though. This past week was as narrow as you can get. Um, I, I've mentioned this before. I just can't, you know, get away from it. But the Steelers are zero and seven when the opposing team scores first. Five and zero when they score first. Crazy. Uh, for the year, Baltimore's offense averages five point six yards per play. That's really good. But over their last three games, they're just at five yards per play. On the other hand, for the season, the Steelers average four point eight yards per play. Not good. But over their past three, they're at five point one. Much better than they've been. Um, last week, the Steelers averaged 5.4 yards per play, and the and the Ravens' offense averaged 4.1. So, obviously, um, trending different directions. And a good note for the Steelers, obviously. On the defensive side of the ball, the Ravens have allowed 5.4 yards per play, and the Steelers give up 5.7. Over their past three, the Steelers are at 5.8 and Baltimore's at 4.8. So they're even playing better on defense than they have all year. It's pretty darn good there. It's, it's, a, it's a good Ravens defense. Ravens are plus six in turnover differential. Only the Eagles and Cowboys are better. Steelers are now up to plus three. So only three teams have taken the ball away more than Baltimore, who have 20 takeaways on the season. But the Steelers have 17 takeaways, even though their three fumble recoveries is a league low. Uh, The Eagles are the only defense with more interceptions than Pittsburgh. Both teams have given the ball away 14 times this year, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. While the Steelers have only recovered three of a possible 10 fumbles by their opponents, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh has fumbled the football 13 times, but have only lost four of their 13. Why is that noteworthy? The defense has been remarkably unlucky at recovering fumbles, but the Steeler offense has been remarkably lucky at not losing fumbles. So, kind of even Steven on that. Uh, 122 of Baltimore's 252 first downs have come via their run game, 
just 60 of the 227 first downs the Ravens have allowed have come on the ground. So they're gaining first downs on the ground, but they're not allowing them. Ravens are converting 44% of their third down opportunities, but their defense allows a third down conversion just 31% of the time. They're great on third downs. Pittsburgh's offense converts on 39.5% of their third down attempts. The defense allows 39% of their third down attempts by the Steelers' opponents. So they're basically even Steven on that, where the Ravens are drastically better you know, in terms of third downs than their opponents. On average, Baltimore's opponents throw for 55.6 more passing yards per game than the Ravens create, but the Ravens rush for 75.3 more yards than their opponents this year. Baltimore also averages 1.4 more yards per rushing attempt than their opponent. These things shouldn't shock you. I mean, they're a running team. Um, The Steelers have been penalized 72 times for 517 yards this year. Pittsburgh's opponents have been penalized for 72 72 times for 516 yards. So, again, even Steven with the Steelers. I mean, they've been penalized exactly as much as their opponent and one-yard difference. Kind of crazy. Despite starting the season at the very bottom of the league in time of possession, if you remember, we did these a while back. I mean, just awful in time of possession to start the season. Steelers are all the way up to seventh in the league. They're now holding the ball for just under 31 minutes per game. Over the last three games, they're just under 32 minutes per game. However, only Washington is better than the Ravens with time of possession this year, and Baltimore has held the ball for 32-47 over their past three contests. Crazy. And both these teams in their most recent contest held the ball for well over 32 minutes, which is a ton. So sort of the same formula in terms of time of possession, as well as the Steelers have been handling that aspect of things. Baltimore's better. Um, I think I told you this one before, but this is crazy. Before last Sunday, dating back to 1995, NFL teams were zero and 206. Zero wins, 206 losses when failing to score more than 10 points, committing two turnovers, and forcing none. The Ravens' victory made it 1-206. in Denver lost that game despite leading for 98% of their offensive and defensive snaps. I mean, that's crazy talk to me. I mean, think about that again. I mean, again, they were 0-206, the league, before that game. And Denver was leading 98% of the snaps in that game. And still the Ravens won. I mean, not exactly a glowing testament for... uh, Denver. I mean, they're a nightmare. All right, I'm going to come back and something I did on my other podcast, Peacock and Williamson, we just did a quick top 10 power ranks and I'm just going to give you mine real quick and we'll wrap this thing up. All right, counting down from 10 to 1, my just-missed teams, which I'm not real impressed with this group, Tennessee, who just fired their GM, Seattle, Tampa, who won in a not-real-exciting fashion Monday night, 
Um, those did not make my top 10. Frankly, I don't think the Steelers are far off any of those teams. Same with teams like the Raiders. You know, I mean, that group to me, the just miss or eh. Um, then I have two tiers. I have a top five and a second five. I have Baltimore at 10, and that's with their current quarterback situation. Great on special teams. Just mentioned a lot of the good defensive stuff. I just have a lot of offensive questions, especially without Lamar. I would still put them over Tennessee, Tampa, Seattle, though. So they're 10. Jets are nine. Um, really strong team quarterback questions, but... I do think Mike White is efficient enough for them to compete, and I don't think he's a total flash in the pan. I wouldn't trust him like crazy or anything, but there you have it. I have Miami at eight, and coming off a rough one. I mean, their worst performance. I have some questions about them when the weather hits. You know, are they going to be able to go to Buffalo and win in the cold, and can they run the ball well enough for those situations? But still a high-quality team, having a great year. Viking fans are going to give me a hard time, but I have them at seven. I frankly just don't think they're quite as good as their record. And a lot of the underlying metrics agree with me. Um, I have the Niners at six. They would certainly have been in the top tier had it not been for the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. And I know the rookie played well, but color me and convinced, uh, unconvinced. I mean, they, I need to see it for more than, you know, three quarters or whatever. But they have a very, very good defense, very, very good skill positions. I just think that quarterback thing makes them a tier two team. Now, my tier one, the top five, they're all really close. To me, the difference between one and five is tiny. And all could win the Super Bowl. I could make a case for any of the five, frankly, to be number one. I have Dallas at five. And they just mopped the floor with the Colts in the second half. I mean, they went to Minnesota and destroyed them. Well-rounded team. Um, Dak Prescott is fourth in quarterback EPA. I mean, like, they have a lot of good stuff going for them. I, I feel like I'm disrespecting them at five. But again, the difference between one and five to me is very, very small. Cincinnati's at four. Again, extremely well-rounded. Defense, offense, great quarterback, weapons, you know. Very few weaknesses. I have the Bills at three. They're a little more tumultuous. I think I said that wrong word. Uh, right now with, with Allen's injury, eh, but they're still extremely talented and a great football team. I have the Chiefs at two, even though they lost to my number four team on Sunday. And they is there a diff big difference between Kansas City and Cincinnati? No. I mean, I, that, that series might be 5-5 five, five if they played 10. But I think you have to respect Mahomes. Reed, Kelsey, the been there, done it factor. Chiefs are still extremely strong. And as you probably figured out, I have the Eagles at one. Um, what I like most about the Eagles right now, sort of compared to these other teams, is whatever formula the game dictates. Or if you're a bad run defense, they'll run it on you. If you're a bad pass defense, they'll pass it all over you. The defense can play any which way you want. Very few holes. And we saw that the past two weeks. They played the Packers two weeks ago, and they're just running down their throat. Hertz is running through huge holes. You know, Sanders running through huge holes. Bad run defense. Then they play Tennessee, and they're really weak at corner, and they light you up with their your old buddy, A.J. Brown. And Hertz is playing great in that game. So that's where I'm at on my top 10. Um, have a good one. Over and out.